0: welcome this is the one year bible reading for march 13th and we are starting in numbers chapter 19 today the lord said to moses and aaron here is another legal requirement commanded by the lord tell the people of israel to bring you a red heifer a perfect animal that has no defects and has never been yoked to a plow give it to eleazar the priest and it will be taken outside the camp and slaughtered in his presence eleazar will take some of its blood on his finger and sprinkle it seven times toward the front of the tabernacle. As Eleazar watches, the heifer must be burned, its hide, meat, blood, and dung. Eleazar the priest must then take a stick of cedar, a hyssop branch, and some scarlet yarn, and throw them into the fire where the heifer is burning. Then the priest must wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water. Afterward he may return to the camp, though he will remain ceremonially unclean until evening. The man who burns the animal must also wash his clothes and bathe himself in water, and he, too, will remain unclean until evening. Then someone who is ceremonially clean will gather up the ashes of the heifer and deposit them in a purified place outside the camp. They will be kept there for the community of Israel to use in the water for the purification ceremony. This ceremony is performed for the removal of sin. The man who gathers up the ashes of the heifer must also wash his clothes, and he will remain ceremonially unclean until evening. This is a permanent law for the people of Israel and any foreigners who live among them. All those who touch a dead human body will be ceremonially unclean for seven days. They must purify themselves on the third and seventh days with the water of purification. Then they will be purified. But if they do not do this on the third and seventh days, They will continue to be unclean even after the seventh day. All those who touch a dead body and do not purify themselves in the proper way defile the Lord's tabernacle, and they will be cut off from the community of Israel. Since the water of purification was not sprinkled on them, their defilement continues. This is the ritual law that applies when someone dies inside a tent. All those who enter that tent and those who were inside when the death occurred will remain Ceremonially unclean for seven days. Any open container in the tent that was not covered with a lid is also defiled, and if someone in an open field touches the corpse of someone who was killed with a sword, or who died a natural death, or if someone touches a human bone or a grave, that person will be defiled for seven days. To remove the defilement, put some ashes from the burnt purification offering in a jar and pour fresh water over them. Then someone who is ceremonially clean must take a hyssop branch and dip it into the water. That person will must sprinkle the water on the tent and all the furnishings in the tent, and on the people who were in the tent, and on the person who touched a human bone, or touched someone who was killed, or who died naturally, or touched a grave. On the third and seventh day the person who is ceremonially clean must sprinkle the water on those who are defiled. Then on the seventh day the people being cleansed must wash their clothes and bathe themselves, and that evening they will be cleansed of their defilement. But those who become defiled and do not purify themselves will be cut off from the community, for they have defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. Since the water of purification has not been sprinkled on them, they remain defiled. This is a permanent law for the people. Those who sprinkle the water of purification must afterward wash their clothes, and anyone who touches the water used for purification will remain defiled until evening. Anything and anyone that a defiled person touches will be ceremonially unclean until evening. In the first month of the year, the whole community of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Zin and camped at Kadesh. While they were there, Miriam died and was buried. There was no water for the people to drink at that place, so they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. The people blamed Moses and said, If only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people into the wilderness to die, along with all of our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, and no water to drink. Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle, where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord said to Moses, You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock." so moses did as he was told he took the staff from the place where it was kept before the lord then he and aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock listen you rebels he shouted must we bring you water from this rock then moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff and water gushed out so the entire community and their livestock drank their fill but the, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. So notice that he did not speak to the rock, and he also implied that they must provide the water for the people. This place was known as the waters of Meribah, which means arguing, because the people of Israel argued with the Lord, and there he demonstrated his holiness among them. While Moses was at Kadesh, he sent ambassadors to the king of Edom with this message. This is what your relatives, the people of Israel, say. You know the hardships we have been through. Our ancestors went down to Egypt, and we lived there a long time, and we and our ancestors were brutally mistreated by the Egyptians. But when we cried out to the Lord, he heard us and sent an angel who brought us out of Egypt. Now we are camped at Kadesh, a town on the border of your land. Please let us travel through your land. We will be careful not to go through your fields and vineyards. We won't even drink water from your wells. We will stay on the king's road and never leave it until we have passed through your territory. But the king of Edom said, Stay out of my land, or I will meet you with an army. The Israelites answered, We will stay on the main road. If our livestock drink your water, we will pay for it. Just let us pass through your country. That's all we ask. But the king of Edom replied, Stay out, you may not pass through our land. With that, he mobilized his army and marched out against them with an imposing force. Because Edom refused to allow Israel to pass through their country, Israel was forced to turn around. The whole community of Israel left Kadesh and arrived at Mount Hor. There, on the border of the land of Edom, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, The time has come for Aaron to join his ancestors in death. He will not enter the land I am giving to the people of Israel. "'because the two of you rebelled against my instructions concerning the water at Meribah. "'Now take Aaron and his son Eleazar up Mount Hor. "'There you will remove Aaron's priestly garments and put them on Eleazar, his son. "'Aaron will die there and join his ancestors.' "'So Moses did as the Lord commanded. "'The three of them went up Mount Hor together as the whole community watched. "'At the summit, Moses removed the priestly garments from Aaron "'and put them on Eleazar, Aaron's son.' Then Aaron died there, on top of the mountain, and Moses and Eleazar went back down. When the people realized that Aaron had died, all of Israel mourned for him thirty days. Luke chapter 1 Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write a careful account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. When Herod was a king of Judah was king of Judah, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying, While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord." how can i be sure this will happen i am an old man now and my wife is also well along in years then the angel said i am gabriel i stand in the very presence of god it was he who sent me to bring you this good news but now since you didn't believe what i said you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Psalm 56, a psalm of David. Regarding the time the Philistines seized him in Gath. O God, have mercy on me, for people are hounding me. My foes attack me all day long. I am constantly hounded by those who slander me, and many are boldly attacking me. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? They are always twisting what I say. They spend their days plotting to harm me. They come together to spy on me, keeping my, or watching my every step, eager to kill me. Don't let them get away with their wickedness. In your anger, O oh God, bring them down. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. My enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know. God is on my side. I praise God for what he has promised. Yes, I praise the Lord for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? I will fulfill my vows to you, O God, and I will offer a sacrifice of thanks for your help. For you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from slipping. So now I can walk in your presence, O God, in your life-giving light. Proverbs eleven eight: The godly are rescued from trouble, and it falls on the wicked instead. And <clears throat> to end turning back to Elizabeth Elliot suffering is never for nothing and her next section is called offering realizing uh, accepting the suffering accepting it with gratitude and then realizing that it can be an offering to the Lord an offering that can be used for the sake of the world so um, she writes but everything is potential material for sacrifice again and again i've had people say to me how do you handle loneliness and i say that i can't handle loneliness they ask well didn't you spend a lot of time alone in the jungle i inevitably reply yes i did i spent a good many more years alone than i did married they return well how did you handle it to which i reply i didn't i couldn't I have to turn it over to somebody who can handle it. In other words, my loneliness became my offering. I've never forgotten what a missionary speaker said in chapel when I was a student. We had compulsory chapel five days a week at Wheaton College, so we heard hundreds of speakers and remembered practically nothing most of them said. But I have never forgotten what this woman said. She spoke about the little boy bringing his lunch to Jesus. And she said, if my life is broken when given to Jesus, it may be because the pieces will feed a multitude when a loaf would satisfy only a little boy. And she encourages us to take whatever it is, even if it's difficult to hold and to accept and offer it up to the Lord that he might use it for his glory. Love you all. Have a wonderful day.